This is Animals Voice Podcast, presented by the Ontario SPCA, with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. We've got another great show for you on the way, so put your paws up, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Animals Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McKenzie. Happy to be returning. After a little absence, I was on a business trip during the last episode, and Emily Cook, the producer, frankly, the person who uh, runs the entire Animals Voice podcast, did a great job standing in for me. I thought I'd lost my job forever as host, but Emily, somehow I've returned to the table, so I I thank you for giving me my job back, and good job while I was gone. Joining me today by Skype is a friend of mine, Natalie Rowe. How are you, Natalie? I'm fine, Neil. Uh, Neil... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're good friends, aren't we? Thanks. Thanks for that, Natalie. How are you? I'm fine, <laughs> Sure, Skippy. Whatever you want there, Bob. Don't worry. It's all good. So uh, we're, we're happy to have you on the broadcast today, Natalie, because uh, you are a very special friend to the Ontario SPCA. We have a branch that is, uh, frankly, it's near Cornwall, Ontario, and you have adopted a number, <laughs> number of animals, a number of species from from that branch, and we're very grateful for that. I guess, first of all, I want to ask you, what animals do you currently have living on your farm? Okay, well, I had to go out today and actually do a head count. So we have 100, 112 animals, 59 of them are rescues. I would say a lot of the chickens aren't rescues, so a lot of the numbers are in birds. So 59 are rescues and 36 are from the OSPCA, were adopted through our, our local branch. That's tremendous. Nuts. So when did this rescue farm come to be? How did, how did this happen? <laughs> it's a good question. We bought our farm in 2007, and that was the year we adopted our first pet from the local uh, branch, which was just a three-legged cat. And then it wasn't until actually 2014 that things started to, how we say, expand. Up till then, we had some chickens we'd gotten for eggs, and we kept as pets. But in 2014, we adopted, I think, our first farm animal from the local shelter, which was our pig, Ophelia. So really, it's just exploded since 2014. That's incredible. I do have to say that I've got some experience with your farm and you're bringing up a pig, so this seems like as good a time as any. I was on a visit to the Cornwall branch not long ago and wonderful meeting. Natalie and and her uh, husband Gordon do so much for the Ontario SPCA and they're very good friends to us. So uh, after our meeting, we were invited back to their farm because I'd never seen it and I'd heard so much about it. And it was then that I was viciously attacked by one of your attack pigs. (laughs) And uh, nearly lost my arm, which was upsetting. Uh, Is that how you recollect the the incident, Natalie? Yeah, that's about exactly right. And there was a lot of crying on your part and tears. And I think you were actually whimpering at one point. It was very tragic. Natalie, I was whimpering for for days. I'm pretty sure you did something to antagonize Rudy. Oh, poor Rudy. I was trying to feed Rudy and everyone warned me, Kevin, keep your hand flat. So I had some Cheerios or something, pig food, I'll call it, in my hand. And so I thought <laughs> I thought I had my hand flat and I was feeding one of the other pigs and Rudy came in from the side like a stealthy assassin <laughs> and took a nibble on my finger that right above the nail and, and listen to me describing it like I was shot or something. There was pain and then I tried to shake it off, tried to man up. You were brave. Uh, and then my colleague Mark and I, traveling back to the Toronto region, I basically complained for four hours straight, which he really appreciated, and <laughs> that was fun. But that's my personal experience there. But it is something to behold. Jokes aside, walking onto your farm and seeing the number of animals you have there, 
goats and pigs and cats and you name it, you've got them there. It's really something else. What would you say are the challenges to adopting farm or livestock animals? Because you've really got a real mix there. I would say, well, it seems like every time we have one that the investigator finds for us, it's usually an investigator who calls me and says, oh, we have a blank. Would you like a blank? And I just find there's, a, there's often a steep learning curve for adopting a new species. And you have lots of things you have to know. You have to know what kind of shelter they need, the food, the fencing. And then uh, once I adopted the pig, I was suddenly in the world of farm vets. I mean, we've always had our, our small animal vet down in Cornwall, and they do a great job. But it was like, he wasn't going to come out and look after my pig. So we had to line up a farm vet, which is all new. And it's just, I think really, it's just learning all the things that these different animals require. You know, like horses need hoof trims, and pigs need deworming, and, you know... All, there are just all kinds of things that were new to me, and uh, I never really thought I would have to give so many injections. I mean, you learn to do a lot yourself. So I just find there's, there was quite the learning curve, and making sure we had the proper housing for them and the proper fencing, and we learned a few, few things on the way, but I would say those were the, the main challenges. You referenced housing, and you referenced fencing. I mean, how do you make it feel like home? Because your property isn't a farm farm, per se, but you've really turned it into a farm, if you will. Yeah, I guess to make it feel at home for them, we just try to, apart from making sure they're safe and secure and, you know, they have enough warmth in winter and they're comfortable in summer, for example, we're, we're putting in a new pasture for our goats because they needed a, a bigger pasture and, and they like stimulation and things to do. They're actually really intelligent. They're not quite as smart as pigs, so perhaps they won't bite you, Kevin. But um, <laughs> the goats are very smart and they like to climb things. So the fellow who's around here most often, who's my friend as well, is named Luke and he puts in our fencing and, and he built our box stalls. He's done all kinds of things. So um, I told him, it's like, oh, I want a mountain for the goats because they love to climb. And he's like, okay, I'm on it. So uh, Luke has, has built what we love to call Goat Mountain, which was just opened like in the last week or two. We let them all in there in their new pasture. And it's just a gigantic pile of boulders with some flat rocks they can lie on and some big tree stumps. And the goats, honestly, they spend half their day running up and down this, like we call it a mountain. I suppose it's more like a hill, but whatever. They spend their day running up and down that. They like to knock each other off it. And, you know, it just gives them something to do. It wears down their hooves. And these are things, when I adopted them, we adopted them last August, I guess, and uh, just didn't realize at the time that, you know, hey, they don't really just want to be on flat pasture. They like to climb things. So we've done that. We do stuff like, for the pigs, they're very smart. <laughs> Apart from attacking, visiting OSPCA employees, <laughs> they, they need things to keep themselves amused. And so in winter, I buy, um, like, dog treat dispensers for them, the, the sturdy ones, and I'll put Cheerios or pasta in them for them and throw them in their pen so they can play with those all day. Or we have kiddie pools for the pigs. So in summer, they can climb it and have a bath and cool down and just stuff like that. And to make it feel like home, you know, they get lots of love and affection. And, you know, I cuddle the goats and I rub the pigs' bellies because that's something I learned that pigs like belly rubs. So we deliver those and uh, yeah, things like that. Well, you know what? We're, we're going to take a quick break for a moment here, a commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you for some other funny memories that you might have from uh, the experiences of adopting all these animals. We'll be right back on Animals Voice Podcast. I'll only be five minutes. I left the window open. We've heard it all. There's no good excuse for leaving a pet in a vehicle unattended. 
Dogs have a limited ability to sweat. Even a short time in a hot environment can be life-threatening. Owners who choose to leave pets unattended in vehicles may face charges under the Ontario SPCA Act or the Criminal Code of Canada. To report animals in hot cars, call 310-SPCA or your local police. Visit nohotpets.ca to learn more and take the pledge. Welcome back to Animals Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McKenzie. Some people call me Neil. And my, my guest at this time is Natalie Rowe. Now, Natalie, I, you know, I guess I should be honest with people here. We're friends on Facebook. So I, I get more of a peek into your life on the farm there than I think a lot of people do. But you do have a blog that is hilarious, and I read. You're active on Twitter. Usually I save this stuff for the end of the interview, but I do want to get it out there a couple of times because I, I, I cannot emphasize enough how much our listeners should check out your blog and your Twitter feed because they're both so entertaining. Where can people find you on the internets? On the internet, on the interwebs? Yes, the interwebs. It's now, now available on computers, by the way. <laughs> On Twitter, I think it's at Canatalie. It's uh, K-N-A-T-O-L-E-E. And then (laughs) my blog is uh, canataliesworld.blogspot.com. So K-N-A-T-O-L-E-E-S world.blogspot.com. Yeah, you know that, huh? You know what? As as we share this on social media, I'll make sure that we uh, also include those links and people can track you down that way. But we're talking about funny memories. I mean, I know when your baby goats were born, my household was glued to my laptop, looking at the photos, watching the videos you were posting, watching the interactions between your cats and the baby goats just had us in stitches. What are what are your, you know, some of your funny memories or highlights so far of this uh, crazy adventure that you're on? Well, first animal we adopted was Ophelia the pig, and they called and said, would you like a pig? I thought, oh, pig sounds nice, let's get a pig. And so we adopted her in February of 2014, and then in April we went away for two weeks, and we came home to an absolutely humongous pig. She was gigantic, and even me, the city girl born in Toronto, knew that this pig was pregnant. Yeah, a week later she had seven babies and we lost one who was a runt which was unfortunate but um it was pretty funny coming home to a pig with an udder that hadn't been there when we'd left so that was one and then um oh uh when we took the goats <laughs> this wasn't so funny for the goats but we were yeah we had a good evening when we took the goats in last summer we had them in a pasture with uh i think four strands of electric fencing to start and they arrived actually later in the day than I thought they would. So when they came, we, we put them all in the pasture and we shut the little gate, the electric fencing gate, and um, went away and came back after dark to hear the sound of goats running around in the dark, hitting the electric fence and going through it, which was a little unnerving because you'd be standing there in the dark and you'd hear this so while we were very sad for the goats, we also were laughing because it's just, he had to be there. So Gordon and I just did, had no clue what to do about this because we thought, oh, you put them in electric fencing, they won't go through it. You know, it'll be fine. So we called our friends Luke and Debbie to come help us because they're far more knowledgeable about farm life than we are. So they came over with their headlamps and we rounded up the six, at then we had six goats. So we rounded up the poor goats in the dark and put them in the barn until the next day. And that's when Luke and Debbie told me that, you know, you don't introduce goats to electric fencing in the dark. They have to walk around the perimeter and learn where it is before they accept it. So the next day we took them back out and took them around the fencing and there were no more incidents of that nature. 
I would never have known that you needed to introduce them in that way. Me neither, until they started going through the fence in the dark. So, yeah. So tell me something. Why do you believe in adoption? Because so many animals out there really need homes. And it's nice to give an animal a need a home. And uh, I think they're grateful and they bring us a lot of joy. And you look at these animals and so many of them, some of them have been mistreated. But some, you know, they've... They've been in a loving home before, and you can see they just want that again. And when you can give them that, it's just very satisfying. You know, it's it's nice to give them a second chance at life. And I think it goes both ways. You know, they make us happy. We make them happy. We help an animal in need. And, uh, yeah, it's all good. They bring us joy, and uh, we love it. Do you That's have, it. Do you have advice for people? that I mean, people may listen to this, and despite the insanity that we've been discussing, they might think, this sounds awesome. Uh, it is I know it is. It really is. And, and witnessing it in person is, is really something to behold. If someone is considering this at home, do you have advice for them? If they were going to adopt, you know, an animal other than your average cat or dog, you know, farm animals, I would say they should first do their research on the animal, maybe talk to someone who keeps those animals, whether it's a farmer or whatever, line up a, a farm vet ahead of time. And if you have, if you're adopting ponies like we did, you need a farrier to look after their feet. Make sure you know what they need for housing and fencing because it's not, you know, you bring home a dog and generally the dog lives in your house and you don't have to worry about that. But if you bring home a pony, it's not going to live in your living room. So you want to know about that. You want to uh, check up on what their dietary needs are. You know, you just want to educate yourself about these animals because they are quite different. It is different from talking a cat or a dog. It's no less fulfilling for me, but uh, it's a different road. And you might want to ask other people who have had these animals what they're like. Because you get, you know, it's like the goats. I just thought, ah, oh, goats, you'll put them in a pasture, they'll stay in the pasture. It's electric fence, no problem. It's like, oh, I didn't know goats would just go through that. It's amazing. But, you know, we learned that way, but you can learn that beforehand. And also, I would say, again, to just get a realistic idea of what it costs for feed and vet care and everything for a farm animal or a larger animal, or even if you're just adopting a pot-bellied pig as a pet. They're not a dog, and they're different, and you should just really educate yourself before you dive into that. You don't want to adopt an animal and make a mistake and have to, you know, give up on that. Is it true the pigs are so smart? I've, I've heard that from other people I know that, that own pigs, that they can't get over how clever they are. They are super smart. I think I read they're the fourth smartest animal, but regardless, they're definitely smarter than dogs. And you can see them sorting things out. They don't forget much. Our vets to the farm tend to wear these red and blue jumpsuits when they come, which is just what they wear. I swear, so now when the pigs see a red and blue jumpsuit, they're just gone. Like, they know. They're very smart. They'll figure things out. They'll watch you undo a gate, and you better tie it up properly again, or they'll be gone. And the goats are way up there, too. But, yeah, pigs are definitely smarter than dogs, super smart. Very sensitive animals, and they, they have a hard time with change. You know, when we adopted... A few of our pot belly pigs were in homes before us, and they were grieving their owners when they came and had to uh, start all over again. They're very sensitive and very smart. What's next? Are, are there other animals that you don't yet have that you want to uh, try adopting? <laughs> I really, really want a pet cow. Oh, no. Not a pet bull, and I haven't told anyone at the SBCA yet, because I know they'll just show up with one one day. But anyway, I really like cows. I'm very fond of cows, so if ever there's a rescue cow looking for a home... Yeah, I'd like a cow. You know, within 15 minutes, I'm going to be uh, talking to Carol at the Cornwall branch and having this discussion now, right? Well, well, that's okay. I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on Animals Voice podcast this week. Uh, really enjoyed chatting with you again, Natalie. Uh, you and Gordon are wonderful people and, and such good friends to the Ontario SPCA. We're very appreciative of it. 
I'm looking at your blog right now, so I'm going to give out your blog address again. It's K-N-A-T-O-L-E-E dot blogspot dot C-A. Always a very fascinating read, and you update it very frequently, so I, I definitely recommend that our listeners check out your blog. Thank you so much, Kevin. It was a pleasure talking to you as well. I'm sure we'll have you on as a guest again in the future when we find you that cow. Take care of that pig bite now. (laughs) Well, that wraps it up for another episode here. And uh, so appreciative of your support. We ask you to continue to share the broadcast on social media like you always do. And we're we're, uh, very fortunate to have your support in that way. You can find me on Twitter at OSPCA Kevin. I love to hear from our listeners, new show ideas or questions about the broadcast. When we come back, we're going to have our uh, latest episode of Meet the Staff, where we are going to be talking to my new colleague, Kate. Till next time, we'll catch you later. Welcome back to Animals Voice Podcast. We now have one of our special segments we do every so often, Meet the Staff, and we always enjoy meeting the new people here at the Ontario SPCA. I'm joined right now by Kate Tarosi. How are you, Kate? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for asking. Kate, your your business card tells me you're the manager of planned giving. Yes. What, what, tell me about that. You've recently joined the team. We're so happy to have you on board. And I'm happy to be here. You know what? Uh, a lot of listeners to the podcast know that I'm in the fundraising area and that I host the podcast kind of on the side here. Uh, they don't really get a glimpse into the world of fundraising and the fact that so much of, of what we do here at the Ontario SPCA is only made possible by donors and by the support of donors. So we have a, a team that are out there trying to raise funds, and mm-hmm. you have joined that team, so welcome. Thank you. Tell me about being the manager of planned giving. Well, it's it's wonderful to be here. I joined an amazing team, and my role, basically, I'm managing donations that are made to the Ontario SPCA through be it a will bequest, gifts of securities, it could be a gift of life insurance, it could also be a gift of real estate, gift of annuities, or RSPs and RIFs. These wonderful gifts come from our donors, and um, I work directly with the donors and their financial advisors and estate lawyers in administering these gifts. I also work with all the animal centers across the province where I provide my advice, training and support to all of them as the new planned giving manager. And my other part of my role is the exciting part that I get to work with you, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) We partner up and you are the development uh, manager in leadership giving and we get to uh, work together on a lot of exciting things. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover between our portfolios. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, people that are making uh, leadership level or large major gifts, I would call them, are oftentimes also thinking ahead about their estate and the plans with their will. And that's very much where you and I will have a lot of collaboration. Mm -hmm. Because people that are in the fortunate position to generously support projects right now oftentimes are also wanting to generously support us with their estate plans. Correct. I want to ask you something about estate giving. Is that a difficult conversation to have with people? Because you're talking to them about what's going to happen when they've passed away. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think that 
is challenging for people to envision that day that they're no longer around. Does, it, does that get well, at all? Well, it definitely all? can be. I have years of experience with uh, working within this field, so I'm I'm pretty confident. You're used to it now. I'm used to it. Okay. I'm used to it. And I work great with the donors, and I'm able to relate and form a really strong relationship with them, which is very important, and understanding where they're coming from and what is important and dear to their hearts. Mm-hmm. So I'm good in that area. I can uh, say that about myself. So it, it gets easier uh, with time and with experience. I think you and I are in very fortunate positions here at the Ontario SPCA because we get a lot of one-on-one interaction with our donor base. Yes. So we get to form real relationships with people. You go and you sit in their living room and you talk to them about why they love animals. You get to meet the animals they currently have or hear stories about the animals they've had all throughout their life. And, you know, there's a lot of days I get up and I don't feel, you know, woe begotten that I'm going to work, you Mm -hmm. know, because it doesn't feel like work. You're out there getting to know people. We have shared passions, animals. So, you know, I just, I feel like we're both in pretty fortunate situations. I agree. I agree. So how did you hear about this role? Well, I, I, I heard about the role through a posting that I saw and through a friend and I wanted to apply as you know, I, being an animal lover, I have a passion uh, to work with animals and working within, you know, the non-for-profit uh, sector for years and loving fundraising. It's it's what I'm great at and uh, what I love. So that's good. You mentioned yeah. animals. So do you have pets of your own right now? Yes, I do. I've always owned dogs since I was little, and I'm a proud mommy of a um, English bulldog. His name is Doki. He's 11 years old, and I actually adopted him from a family who uh, could not take care of him and uh, I took him over and uh, he's brought a lot of joy to my uh, to my life in the past 11 years so. nice he's an awesome dog I uh, again you can't have a bad day at work when people are bringing their dogs to yeah. work with them and Doki has been a wonderful addition as of you Kate <laughs> thank uh, you Doki walking around with his tongue hanging out the side of his face <laughs> and uh, he's yep. just adorable thank well, you Kate Tarosi, a new member of the development team here at the Ontario SPCA. We're, we're very fortunate to have you. Thank Looking you. Looking very forward to working with you. If people would like to reach you to discuss, you know, questions they may have around planned giving, I've got your email address here. They can reach you at k-t-u-r-o-c-z-i at o-s-p-c-a dot o-n dot c-a. Or they can give you a call at one 668 and you're at extension 324. Yes, I am. Very good. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank and you. Uh, we'll, we'll have you on a, as a, a guest again sometime down the road. Awesome. People, people should know, listening to this right now, Kate has been very concerned about this portion of the interview. Uh, <laughs> coming on to Animal's Voice podcast, there's a lot of pressure. We know that my mother is listening. And, uh, we Hi, need Mom. To... <laughs> so uh, you did a great job. Thank and, you. And I'm sure you're happy you stayed up all weekend cramming for these four questions. I did not, but okay. <laughs> thank uh, you. Until next time, we'll uh, catch you later. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Animals Voice Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and at our website, ontariospca.ca. Animals Voice Podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. The Society would like to thank all our supporters. Together, we are the Animals Voice.